Are you checking out? No. Are you going to check the rooms? It's six o'clock in the morning. I'm going back to bed. Then I'll check the rooms. You aren't going anywhere. Listen, you may have two dead bodies in one of your lodges and you're going back to bed? Look, lady, uh, whatever your name is, why are you harassing me with all this garbage? First of all, my name is Chris Tallman, and second of all, it's not garbage. Yeah, well, like I said before, whatever your name is, why don't you just go back to your room? How about if I call the cops and tell them that I think there's two dead bodies here? Oh, you think? But you're not sure? Now, you both have brought the rings, haven't you? The rings, the rings! Cough up the rings! Ah, oh, forget it, the hell with it. It's just that it's fine, so difficult for me to unwind after a hard day of... <laughs> the religious activities in this oh, den okay. of iniquity. Okay, okay. Give it back, okay? The next time she appears, we're going to destroy her. Are you sure? Positive. Well, uh, when will she come back next? She's lurking all the time. Love is kind of crazy with a spooky little girl like you. Hi, this is Hazel Tanksy from Blue Day Massacre, and you are listening to the Hysteria Continues. And indeed you are. Welcome back to the Hysteria Continues, episode 267. And this time, are you newly wed or newly dead? Yes, it's time we got hitched again to one of Nathan's picks, and you know what that means, don't you? Quality is nowhere to be found. No, but let's see. We don't want to pres- presume anything, do we, Nathan? No, you know, presumptions lead to assumptions, and that's just wrong. But we have been doing this for 10 years, Nathan. Do you think uh, we could probably make a... I know assume makes an ass out of you and me, but 10 years... Almost 12 years, almost actually. Almost 12 years, yeah. So that's even Might I remind you all that the last uh, pick I had was Patreon, and it was The Descent. Classy, yes. Yes. And you know what the, we have in common with The Descent? Uh, the only way is down. I think uh, <laughs> could. <laughs> so, but let's see. Let, okay, well, let's give it a fair crack of the whip. We don't know yet. Well, we do know. We've all watched the bloody thing. But we, uh, the, our dear listeners don't know what our thoughts are on the uh, the newly deads. Well, I think uh, we can assume what your, I don't need to make assumptions again, but I think we can assume <laughs> what your thoughts are by that introduction. Well, uh, well, let's, let's uh, uh, remain to be seen. I've actually written a review of the, the film I was going to put on Hysteria Live. So it inspired me that much, Nathan. You'll be glad to hear. I imagine it'll be similar to what you say here, but, you know, if you never know, you might think of additional stuff and maybe you'll end up giving it a 4.5 out of 5. <laughs> mm, maybe, maybe. Well, let's see. Well, let's see. Anyway, how are we all doing? I, I missed the last show, didn't I? You did. Uh, although I did listen and did back you watch and the I film? heard. I, w- I haven't rewatched it. I haven't had a chance. I did. I'd, um, Leo Dean reminded me I had reviewed it on Hysteria Lives. Mm. So, um, and I, I don't think I gave it a very high mark that time. So I will try and, it's just, it's just been so chock-a-block yeah. with stuff at the moment. Uh, it's just been difficult to find time to watch everything. And I have just got over COVID. So I am uh, just uh, sort of gathering my wits about me. Um, and I did actually test negative today for COVID. So it's so all good, all good. So, um, but then um, I tested positive to newly deads. So it's not all good. Um, no, no, that's a positive. <laughs> Again, this says it remains to be seen. So anyway, I missed the last show uh, and I listened back and I heard you all being very rude about me. But of course, I kind of knew it was going to be a little bit of a roast. So, um, but anyway, how are we all doing, Eric? How are you doing? I'm doing very good. And I've got a a special new soundboard, um, some new soundboard clips, including 
I've added reverb to Daniela so that if you're being really mean to me, Justin, you're going to get this. You so watch out for that. Yeah. And talking of whores, Eric, yeah. um, we are covering <gasps> hey. a... What? No, I'm just saying and talking of whores, Eric. Um, <laughs> we're covering a film on Patreon uh, this month uh, called Kathy's Curse from 1977, which has a lot of whores in it, doesn't it? A lot of references to whores. There's just a little sample of the whoreness of it all. Yes, there's going to be a lot of whores going on. So, um, but anyway, I'm glad you're doing well, Eric, uh, you whore. Um, Nathan, how are you doing? I'm doing fairly well, and I love that right when you introduced me, there's a gigantic truck going by my house. I don't know if you guys heard that. No. No. Then I shouldn't have even brought it up. <laughs> That's probably um, bringing all your, your listener awards for choosing the newly deads. It's the Rondo Awards that we were robbed of last time. I think they're re-delivering the ones that we should have got. Yes, I think that there's plenty of awards that we should have won by now. It will exactly, of course. So, uh, well, I'm glad to anyway. Well, thank you, Nathan. And uh, we'll see what we think of your choice coming up shortly. Before that, we'll ask Joseph, how are you doing? Oh, I'm doing pretty good. Okay. Short and sweet. Well, talking of short and sweet, um, uh, we're going to talk about what we've been watching recently. And I do have to apologize. I do have one of our cats in quarantine inside and he's very chatty. Uh, he's not, he's not ill. He's just being a bit of a bit of an idiot with our a new neighborhood cat and they keep on having fights outside. So he's kind of, he's trapped inside and he wants to go outside. So he might, you might hear him in the background, but, uh, uh, yeah. What have you been watching recently? Eric, have you seen anything you want to tell us about? Nothing I can talk about just stuff for top threes and yeah. And stuff. And stuff. Mm. Well, we have actually talking of um, well, top threes, recording top three. Is it 2004 this Saturday for Patreon? And then on Sunday, we are recording the big one, as it were. It's our first uh, fan commentary for uh, Patreon. And we're covering f- Friday the 13th, no less. Mm-hmm. So I'm really well, looking forward to that. Finally, that, that so- ball of string is going to get the kudos it deserves after 42 years. Exactly. And also, it's not going to be, it isn't going to be complete MTSK or anything. MT3SK, whatever. MST3K. Oh, that's the one. Okay. It's not going to be completely like that, but it's going to be slightly more freeform um, commentaries than we do for some of the Blu rays. So, so it'll be uncensored. The background that I have may be very skim. I know that surprises you all. What's funny is that by the time they, they hear this episode, that, that commentary will have already gone out. So this is pointless. Well, there you go. Again, <laughs> the Back to the Future. It was brilliant. I'm going to say in retrospect, yes. it was awesome. Yeah, I think it was amazing. Eric talked about a ball of string for 90 minutes. So it well, was, the ball uh, of string deserves to be spoken about. God, it's like Happy Death Day or something, isn't it? It is. So, okay. Well, Eric, Eric, you haven't seen anything, which is fine. Uh, Nathan, how about you? Um, I watched a new horror comedy on Netflix called Day Shift. It's about vampire hunters that are basically the day shift. Um, it's got Jamie Foxx in it and Dave Franco. And I mean, I thought it was all right. It's not, you know, fantastic or anything. And it does, it's definitely more of a comedy than a horror, like a hundred percent. It's uh, basically just a comedy with some horror elements. Um, it's got, you know, it's charm, but I also thought that there were just, I don't know. It, it felt like it was kind of dragged out because they were trying to fit too much in the movie. Um, I was like, if you were going to try to fit this much, you might as well have made it like a one season series and seen where it went. Cause there's like kind of twists and stuff in it. But overall, I mean, if you, 
liked Zombie Land, then you might like Day Shift. If you did not like Zombie Land, then steer clear. I like okay. Zombie Land and the sequel. Mm. You might like Day Shift. Mm, I might give it a whirl. Okay. Well, thank you, Nathan. Uh, anything else? No, no, that was the only one. I've got a feeling this could be a short show. But, uh, Joseph, how about you? Yeah, I caught up with a new uh, Predator prequel, Prey, which I found to be the exact embodiment of Just Okay. Um, I will say the cinematography is gorgeous and clearly the film's strong point. Um, I found the plot beats, I mean, they were just simply too derivative of the uh, of the OG Predator to stand out on, on their own. And frankly, there's, I mean, there's nothing surprising about the alien in these films anymore as they refuse to do anything different with it beyond, you know, hunting for sport. Um, uh, the weapons and overall demeanor of the alien, I mean, they've remained consistent across, uh, I mean, what is it now, seven films? I mean, I suppose you could say that's a good thing. I mean, I, I rewatch slasher films for God's sakes, but, uh, my idea, should we ever see another predator film would be to have a predator that is caught kind of breaking their internal honor code and he's forced to become the hunted for a change. You know, whether that's by another gang of aliens or humans, I don't really care, but the current formula is just too played out to generate any kind of suspense. Um, I, for what it's worth, this one tries to strip everything down to the bare essentials, but I just didn't care about the characters or the alien, if I'm honest. I don't, I mean, I don't like to compare films because I believe each should be judged, um, you know, on their own terms, but I, I much prefer 2010's, uh, Predators, which, you know, while itself was a remake of the first film, more or less, you know, at least tried to offer some twists on the formula. This one, I don't know. I just found it too textbook and I have no desire to ever watch it again. You know, unlike, say, the first Predator or the second Predator. Uh, so, yeah, that's the only thing I've watched and it's just OK. Hmm. I've, I've seen it. I imagine. Did you catch it, Eric? Not yes. No. OK. What about you, Nathan? No, I haven't. I mean, I think the only Predator I've seen is the first one. No, you've seen Predator 2 because we covered it oh, on Patreon. Oh, okay, all right. Yes, but I don't, I, I don't remember part two at all. Is that, is that the one with Danny Glover in the city? Is it Danny Glover? Yeah. 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 I, I saw Bray. I thought I, I liked it more than you, I think, Joseph. I thought it was very effective. Um, I mean, cinematography was, was beautiful. I, I surprised. I, was it kind of one of those films that was a, a victim of of kind of being made or uh, sat on the back burner or something during COVID. Cause it looked like it was, I mean, it was shot in scope um, and it looked like it, it's kind of one of my, it's not exactly bet noir, but sometimes I think if a film's shot for, for, for TV um, or for uh, direct to um, streaming, uh, it's sometimes it kind of, it, you know, it, it'd be better to shoot like a 169 to fill the screen rather than shoot sort of, um, sort of really mega widescreen. Uh, obviously it looks great in the cinema, but I, that's why I just thought I wondered if the film was uh, meant a film for for the big screen. But um, I thought it was interesting having there's the Comanche Indians and the French trappers as kind of like this kind of warring faction and this kind of predator sort of dumped uh, or comes down in the middle of it. And I, it was incredibly gory. Um, and uh, I, I kind of guess because I'm not I'm not OD'd on the Predator films. I haven't, you know, apart from watching them for, uh, I haven't seen Predators, the 2010 one. Uh, so I, I'm not kind of um, oversaturated with them. So, you know, I thought it was really good. So I'd, I'd be interested to see where else Predator turns up because they say it could turn up in ancient Greece and wherever, wherever. But, you know, I, I enjoyed it. 
Yeah, I mean, I don't think it's bad or anything. I just, I don't know, I just didn't really do anything different. I mean, I wanted something a little more. Mm -hmm. And for me, it just felt like, you know, it was rehashing the first Predator without any kind of, uh, you know, without a voice of its own, I guess. Okay. Well, fair enough. Uh, Anything else? Uh, wow. No, that's it for this week. Okay. Well, I've been, uh, say we've been with commentaries, um, for our own commentaries and also commentaries of other people. Uh, we've got a number in the bag and we've got a few more to do. So, um, uh, yeah, uh, and holidays and everything like that. It was being sort of cramming with lots of different things, but I did catch the, the new, uh, made for streaming for the Peacock channel, uh, they, them, uh, which I was going to say slasher and it kind of is a slasher. Um, I've reviewed it for Hysteria Lives, uh, which I gave it a kind of middling review. I enjoyed it, but not really as a slasher movie. It's kind of a, a strange. It's sold. It's it's kind of victim of its own sort of se- uh, selling, really, because it 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 has slasher elements and it has a solid fifteen minutes of slasher action towards the end of the movie, um, and a little kind of prologue where so it kind of reminded me of the beginning of Urban Legend with like a killer in the back of the car with an axe. Um, but it's kind of, if you don't know what it is, it's, um, it's, uh, the, the basic story is it's a kind of, uh, a gay conversion camp, uh, run by Kevin Bacon and his wife, uh, who, um, they get a busload of teens in and it starts off with them saying that they're really kind of fine with their choices about their kind of, if they're transsexual or if they're gay. Um, but if they do want to change then they will help them in gentle ways. And then they find out it's everything but gentle. Um, uh, And then it has a kind of masked slasher who uh, appears at the beginning of the movie and in the last 20 minutes. But the the solid hour and 10 minutes in between uh, is pretty much nowhere to be seen. So in a lot of ways, it's kind of Kevin Bacon and obviously going back to um, summer camp after Friday 13th, so 42 years uh, previously. So... Uh, it's, it has a lot of good stuff in it. I kind of like the characters, and it's saying one of the things I said in the review is the irony with 80s slashers, especially Friday the 13th movies, which this is kind of parodying to some degree, is that the characterization used to be whether or not they were what, what they were wearing or what kind of hairstyle they had, and that was pretty much the only characterization you had. Whereas in this, every almost every character has a, their own character arc. Um, which is great for getting invested in the characters, not so much uh, for actually um, having a sort of a decent or a satisfying slasher movie. So I'm I'm curious, anyone anyone else seen that yet? No, no. Yeah, I actually talked about it. My recently seen last week, I think. Ah, but no, okay. I basically said the same thing you did. Is that I actually enjoyed the movie, but not as a slasher. If if you go into it looking for a slasher, you're going to be disappointed. It's um it's you know it's really um almost like a drama film with some slasher elements. Yeah, I think it's kind of I think I kind of going into it knowing that because I kind of went into it after uh, you know a couple of weeks it'd been out that I was I kind of knew that was going to be the case and I think all the ne- a lot of the negative reviews I see in IMDb is people think they've been missold. Uh, a slasher movie and it isn't really a slasher movie so knowing that going in i kind of um was able to manage my expectations and i think i enjoyed it a bit more uh but it's kind of it's a bit like you know you were saying joseph you're kind of damned if you do damned if you don't like the president would pray it's kind of you what do you do do you make a film that kind of um satisfies all the all the beats that people expect from a predator movie or a slasher movie or do you try something a bit different and if you try something a bit different, then that's great. But it still kind of has to have to make those own beats as well. 
So it is it is a tricky a tricky uh, sort of line to to walk, isn't it? With that, yeah, it's like slasher movies can get away with that sameness. I don't know how they do it, but they do. But you know, when it comes to something like an alien like franchise or the Predator franchise, I I, I look for different uh, you know beats in each subsequent film, and I just didn't find that in Prey. And as far as they them, I I was kind of I was kind of for it until I've heard a lot of people talking about how it's not really a slasher. Now I'm just like, well, I'll watch it eventually, but I'm just not in a hurry. Okay, well, talking of films, I wasn't in a hurry to watch. Um, the Newly Deads is uh, is the main pick, Nathan. <laughs> so are you going to? What do we have? Does does it have a trailer? Um, it's got like a trauma trailer, but it's also got a like three minute long trailer that has a little dialogue in the middle, but the rest of it is just that song spooky. Okay. Well, let's see what, uh, what we choose to play. So after this, Nathan, if you could bring us back in. I will. Lloyd Stone's Lodge for Newlyweds is the perfect romantic retreat with one exception. The dead demon in drag who keeps killing everybody. 20 years ago, the lodge owner brutally murdered Jackie, a sex-crazed transvestite. Now Jackie's back, and she's got a bloody bone to pick. Get a good night's sleep, because tomorrow's gonna be one hell of a day. Lloyd's honeymooners are getting turned inside out, literally, by this skirt-swishing, throat-slashing zombie in their midst. Don't touch her! Only one guest has the power to put a stop to this bloodbath. Chris, a psychic bride who knows the truth about Jackie's death. You killed her, didn't you? She's a man. But when even her husband won't believe her... Let me tell you something, this psychic act of yours has gone a little too far, don't you think? How can Chris hope to convince the murderer to quit her campaign of gory vengeance? Well, how can we kill her if she's already dead? Newly deads will shock you with more plot twists than Scream. Someone is going to be murdered tonight. More violence than Reservoir Dogs. And more costume changes than Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. The first night after marriage has never made newlyweds this nervous. Newly deads. This wonderfully gruesome tale of horror tells the story of five newlywed couples who arrive at the Newlywed Hotel, a beautiful lakeside resort run by Lloyd Stone. Their arrival has been strangely expected by a supernatural creature who is preventing her playboy ex-lover from getting married. Wedded bliss turns to horror as the guests are brutally murdered. Only Lloyd possesses the power to stop the newlyweds from becoming the newly deads. Well, that, that synopsis sounded wrong on all fronts. No, it is. I'm like, uh, first of all, I wouldn't call Jackie Lloyd's ex-lover because they kiss once and then he kills Jackie. Um, so I don't know that I would say that. But, um, uh, I mean, in the movie, she does um, – like claimed, I guess, or, or appears to still be in, or being in love with him or wants to go to bed with him or whatever the psychic says. But, um, yeah, I, I love the newly deads. I, I think it's inept in every possible way, but that's why I love it. Um, I love the death scenes. I thought they were pretty ambitious in the death sequences. I particularly like the saw blade between the trees where the maid runs into it and gets her head cut off. I thought that was fun. Um, 
I love the fact that we have this uh, psychic character who basically screams all her lines. Um, I like that, you know, her husband is basically telling her how fed up he's getting with her psychic powers. And then suddenly she's like, oh, my God, someone's breaking into our house. Call the cops. And, um, yeah, so she's she's a little overwrought, you know, a little over the top. But it does make for a, a very hilarious performance. No offense to the actress, of course. She was an actress. Yes. Um, I love the character of Blanche uh, and, and her uh, boyfriend who have the some of the worst fake southern accents I've ever heard. I mean, there's one point in the beginning when um, they're in the car and then suddenly he's just like, I got to have you now, woman. And they just start messing around in the car, which I thought was really funny because it's a convertible. So um, it's it's pretty open and they're right on the side of the road. But I mean, you know, Um, I loved the um, the fact um, that and I believe Justin had mentioned this uh, as well. The fact that the heroine, uh, the psychic, just doesn't seem to be that upset about her husband's death. I would expect, you know, her to be a, I mean, she seems more determined uh, to go after Jackie. I love the fact that Lloyd is portrayed to be the hero, but he's actually a horrible person. And, you know, he, he actually, you know, pretty much deserves the bad things that happen to him in this movie. But anyway, yeah, it's, it's uh, a hilarious film. I think it's very funny. It's also only 77 minutes long, so it doesn't outstay its welcome in 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 that regard. Uh, but I mainly picked it because I was very, very excited to hear your guys' opinions. So I'm going to turn it over to Joseph. What are your thoughts on the Newly Deads? Oh, my word, Nathan, the Newly Deads. Yeah. Um, I kind of got serious boarding house meets... Uh, uh, Friday the 13th, part five, a new beginning vibes from this. I mean, essentially you have about 30 different characters who show up to this newlywed lodge to simply die at the hands of a ghostly transvestite wearing this dime store ghoul mask. Uh, but before they can shuffle off this mortal coil, we get moments with each of them. Um, there's that drunken priest who, uh, I love when he's remarrying the older couple who seem to be, you know, hard of hearing, or he seems to be impatient. I don't know which, but, uh, whenever he makes a proclamation about marriage and asks if they're prepared to enter into such a union, he doesn't even give them a chance to say, I do before he cuts them off. Like, do you take this man? Answer the goddamn question. It's like, you didn't even (laughs) ask a question. Um, there's an icky like through line that seriously demeans transvestites any chance it gets. And you also have the central character of the innkeeper who is so despicable and aloof to the ghostly kind of slashery nonsense going on at the lodge. He simply can't be bothered to care. Like he almost seems more concerned with making sure the guests get a good continental breakfast than he does the fact that a ghost just caused him to murder his new wife uh, during one of the most unerotic shower scenes in existence. I mean, hey, I thought that just, was hot. <laughs> I mean, this movie is just so gross, but I think therein lies its charms. It's so inept that at one point, a cop character fires, uh, fires at the ghost. Um, and when that doesn't work, he simply throws his gun at the, in the ghost general direction, like a villain making one last attempt to stop Superman or something. The maid character that you were talking about, who, um, who takes off running at about half mile per hour and somehow builds up enough force to decapitate herself on a saw blade. I love that scene. You also have the psychic 
lady whose hair looks like it was left underneath a a blower for like 10 days. It's so teased and full of split ends. It's it's simply amazing. I also love that the ghost can manifest pretty much anything to help its cause, like knives or a gas can or a beautiful woman in a bikini. And I loved how despite being so powerful, the, the Achilles heel for the ghost seems to be the blood of his mortal enemy smeared on a photograph of its former self. I mean, talk about a shitty trade-off in death. Um, so yeah, the newly deads. Wow. I mean, I can't in good conscience recommend this as a, a kind of a sit up and take notice type of slasher film, but I would be lying through my teeth if I said I wasn't wildly entertained. So thumbs way up for me. Awesome. Eric. Okay. Well, I've completed my transition and I want you now to use the pronouns Nathan and Johnson when you're referring to me because I think I've turned into Nathan because I kind of like this one too. Um, I, like Joseph said, I got vibes of Boarding House from it. Um, I just, I just the idea of this sort of crispy-faced drag queen coming back from the dead to get revenge using a very heavily processed voice that I could barely struggle to understand what she was saying half the time. Um, I thought the opening credits looked promising because it, it looked like there was going to be a, a sort of mid-budget sheen perhaps to this film but as soon as the film itself starts it looks very sort of shot on video with long um, static (laughs) shots and long takes Hmm? well I think they spent all their budget on that classics four song spooky yes yeah but also (laughs) but even like the 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 credits themselves look quite polished but then the the movie itself starts and you're like oh okay yeah hmm um, somebody must have had a really, really fancy computer to do the the opening credits with. Maybe, um, I thought the acting for this type of film, and I don't laugh when I say this, but the acting for this type of film was generally above par, considering some of the stuff we've sat through that Nathan has dished out to us. Um, although I did love that that guy who plays the British punk with an accent that sort of is sounds American slash Australian slash British most of the time. It's uh, it's quite hilarious, and I think his character's name is Roger, which is the most unpunk name you can give to a um, character. Um, I thought the effects were generally quite good. I mean, in that prologue. Uh, the fight scene is very stagey but the ice pick to the head I, th- I thought that was quite effective um, you've both mentioned the decapitation scene which I thought was really well staged <laughs> but as you said Joseph the fact that she's running so slow um, it would have to be a really 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 sharp blade to decapitate yourself running at that speed Um I've got sort of Freddy Krueger vibes possibly about Jackie she's like a low budget Freddy, uh, obviously they've gone for a, a decomposition rather than burns, but I thought that the sort of supernatural killer from beyond the grave, a possible Elm Street influence here. Um, That's another thing. I was thinking that, um, sorry, Eric, I was thinking that she reminded me a bit of Freddy, but if it was Freddy and like Killer Party, because you can't understand a word she's saying. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um Preempting some background here, I know, but uh, the film stars Doug Jones, who was the future star of Pan's Labyrinth and The Shape of Water. But here he looks, he's a dead ringer for Napoleon Dynamite, I think, without his glasses. Um, uh, but I also thought that Chris, the psychic, looked was a dead ringer for Dusty Springfield, uh, who also sings Spooky. Um, by the way, so that's a spooky coincidence. Uh, as you said, a welcome seventy-seven minutes. You know, when I saw that running time, I was like, okay, I can sit through this. But, uh, you know, I 
it started out maybe a bit slow, but as it progressed, uh, I be- be- you know I began having more and more fun with the film. Uh, it, as you said, it does introduce loads of characters, and some like a lot of the characters. Well, some, there's a handful of characters that don't get killed, in a, and they serve no purpose to the plot. For instance, the punk and his girlfriend. Uh, I'm not quite sure what they were doing in the film, cause you know they don't have any anything to do. I thought that was kind of an odd decision. Uh, I like. Well, the, they were getting stoned. And yeah, that's something. Yeah, I liked the pot smoking priest who borrows a you know. A t- yes, a, a split. He reminded from me of uh, the the dude in Friday the Thirteenth Part Six who constantly wanders around the forest singing to himself he while he's did, drunk. He did. He did. I got that vibe as well. I actually wrote, wrote that down. Um, I thought Chris was a standout character though, with her you know her croaky voice, hysterics, and her psychic visions. It was absolutely hilarious, and you know some of her um, character moments, as you said, not being terribly upset at her husband's death and. Uh, have we spoiled the ending yet? I don't think we have, but yeah, she does, she does something at the end that just defies logic, really. Um, I love that scene where the guy, well, it, it appears to be a guy jumps out in front of the car with an empty gas canister and he, uh, the woman has to slam on the brakes to stop, avoid hitting him. And he then gets into the passenger seat and it's only then that she decides to have a go at him saying, what the hell are you doing jumping in front of the car? I mean, he's already in the passenger seat. You should have been shouting at him the minute he... Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, he turns into Jackie and, and hilarity ensues. Uh, Bull and Blanche, yeah, those two characters seem to have stepped straight out of Old Federal Massacre too, Nathan. Um, I have expected Hazel Tankersley to appear as well, and maybe the shoe rack. Um, I was really hoping they'd show up as well, just to add to the fun. Um, so yeah, the film is not a masterpiece by any means, but considering like what I was expecting was something really, really on a par with maybe Hollywood's New Blood. But uh, I thought this one was kind of like, Joseph, you said Friday the 13th, New Beginning. I also got sort of uh, Video Dead type type of vibes from the film as well, which is a film I quite like. Um, So yeah, there's, there's, you know, gore scenes aplenty in this and it's quite, it has a decent finale. I love that scene where it's uh, two cops either side of Jackie and one of them shoots, tries to shoot her. But obviously the bullet goes right through her because she's a ghost and kills the guy on the other side. Um, oops. Um, but yeah, thumbs up from me, Nathan. I really enjoyed Newly Deads, surprisingly. So that's um, two out of three of us. Let's and that see scene what- with the cop is not even consistent with um, what's going on because uh, when they rub the blood on the photograph and she's manifested into reality, she's she can be harmed when he cuts her arm off, but yet the bullet doesn't phase her. Yeah, that took me out of the film. Yeah. <laughs> what are your thoughts, Justin? Well, um, I kind of I I didn't hate the newly dead. So I mean, I thought it had some goofy charm to it. And I like Eric. I thought when it started, I was thinking, well, oh, this looks like it's actually um, well made. Uh, you know, the credits were well well done. It was kind of set in the seventies, and it, it I thought, oh, this is going to be really good. And then um, as it went on, it kind of say it seems like they kind of set it up to look like they were it was a higher budgeted production having said that once it kind of hit his groove and it wasn't taking itself too seriously uh i had uh, quite a lot of fun with it i mean i've got some reservations i mean it kind of it, i wouldn't say it's the most consistent movie i mean it hasn't got any internal logic and he kind of I, there were bits of it which kind of felt like it was coasting um having said that i i really liked the character we've mentioned of chris the the psychic uh, she she had a voice like do you know you know Jeff's wife in um, Curb Your Enthusiasm, 
She's got uh, that kind of Bronx, <laughs> that kind of Bronx cheer kind of voice, which was kind of hilarious. And she was she's kind of running around in her belly pumps, which I thought was probably quite sensible footwear to be uh, chasing after all being chased by a killer. Um, but uh, yeah, so uh, you know, it's all kind of like the, the you're talking about the kind of lapses in internal logic with the with the the gun, and like say she Jackie has her arm cut off in one scene, but it's back in another scene. Um, but I it grew I, back she, like in Prince of Darkness, very possibly, very well, possibly. She picked but, it up off the ground. I, I'm, I'm assuming she had reattached it herself. I don't know. I don't know. Do you know what? But this gonna, is how how much of a Nathan I've turned into. I didn't even question that moment. <laughs> well, it was kind of like at the beginning. I love the I love the scene where the um, you know Lloyd is getting married to his buxom new wife, and then Jackie just kind of wanders out. No one can see Jackie apart from Lloyd. Uh, and then she kind of just flounces out of the wedding ceremony and gets hit by the truck, and only Chris can see her. Uh, so only Chris and Lloyd are able to see Jackie until later on in the film, where other people can see her. So uh, it's you know it kind of plays fast and fast and free with its own rules. But like Chris is such a strange character that uh, you know that there's that scene when she rushes to that very fancy outdoor restaurant and finds her husband's been stabbed through the neck with a with a kind of a kitchen knife. And he's kind of face down in his his entree, and she just shrugs, and then basically sacrifices herself for Lloyd, who she's only met the day before, and is the person who's just given her keys to her hotel room. So it's it's just so <laughs> ridiculous. It was love at first sight. <laughs> I don't know what it was, but I also kind of liked. I mean, it's kind of, I you know, it's it's funny we're talking about they them and sort of like the kind of. Uh, you know, the sexual and gender politics, whatever, of modern filmmaking, blah, blah, blah. And then you come back to a film where you have a cross-dresser, a transvestite, or however you want to, to to call it in this movie, is is the villain. Having said that, I didn't think there was... I didn't really get, I you know, as a gay man, I didn't get particularly offended by this. I didn't feel like it had an agenda. I didn't think particularly... In fact, actually, I thought Jackie as a villain was quite fun apart from the the cowpat makeup obviously did drown out some of that um the enunciation uh but i kind of liked the way that she was the last 15 minutes of the movie like a benny hill sketch where anyone all the surviving people are being chased around the woods by jackie who's like acting like a chinese hopping vampire um and uh it's just kind of so over the top and so silly uh, and where Jackie got that crucifix knife from? Any ideas? Not Jackie, sorry, um, uh, Chris. Uh, crucifix knives. Crucifix knives are us. <laughs> Possibly. I think she used her psychic abilities to find one nearby. Ah, uh, possibly, possibly. But uh, yeah, I did feel sorry for her husband Ron though, because he he kind of and uh, she said, didn't she, something along the lines of, "You thought it was cute when we were going out. You said you thought to have a psychic girlfriend, but now you've got a psychic wife. It, it's cramps your style." And all he wanted to do was go on holiday, didn't he? And the end, they both ended up dead, and we never did find out if anyone had actually broken into their apartment. No, we didn't. We were left on tenterhooks. But uh, yeah, it was kind of it's it, it, you know I think if you if you got a tolerance for these kind of movies and of course we we obviously we do is that you could do a lot worse than New Deads Nathan I, I did warm to it as I was watching it and I did I, have you seen Epitaph or Mommy's Epitaph is the director's first slasher movie the only thing I remember from that movie is that a character dies by a rat eating through their stomach right well that's probably one that will probably make an appearance on the show at some point I'm sure. But uh, yeah, 
So, I mean, I think it's kind of like, I, I was aware of the newly deads, but I just presumed it was like a zombie movie. And I, as as ever, I, it's kind of, you know, speaking ill of trauma, but I think for a lot of people, myself included, when I saw it as a trauma movie, I just know I didn't, wasn't particularly interested in seeking it out. But now, of course, it's uh, realizing like when we did Zombie Island Massacre, these are movies that kind of fall within to the, into the wheelhouse of the trauma releasing, but they weren't made by trauma. So, you know, so it, it has that going for it. It's not, it's, it has a zaniness, but it's not completely stupid. I mean, it's pretty stupid. That, there's mm. your tagline. There's your tagline for the video cover. It's not completely stupid. <laughs> I would, I would so disagree with that because it is completely stupid. Well, it's not <laughs> as stupid as, it. but it's not as stupid as a tro. If it had been made like by Troma uh, at around that time or a little bit later, it would have, it would have been much zanier with much more comedy. Wouldn't that really over the top, unfunny comedy? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. Well, I think trauma's funny. Well, <laughs> one thing I liked about the newly dads, and Joseph actually reminded me about this, is I love when Lloyd strangles his new wife, the buxom wife, and her response is, Oh, I can't stay here anymore. And then she comes back in five minutes after running into the hitchhiker. Yeah, so they can have that 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 sex scene in the shower, which oh God turned my stomach. It was so gross. He's got a nice dad bod. <laughs> it reminded me of the scene in Nailgun Massacre where the couple are having sex against the tree, and how disgusting it was. Well, do you think the the actor who played Lloyd? I can't remember his name. I haven't got his name written down, but gee, I know he was in Epitaph, and he I think he was in a few other films by the same director. I wonder if he was a producer or put money up because he seemed to be. I was thinking like all these people, including the dead Jackie, are lusting after him. I know Eric would be in queue, <laughs> but uh, in the queue, but mm, it not just... necessarily. No, I like he is a nice shaped bod, but that's about it. You don't like his push broom mustache, Eric? <laughs> no, it's a bit too eighties. Even for me, that's a bit too eighties. <laughs> Did you like the fact that the way that Chris, even though she was an empath and a, a psychic, she wasn't at all bothered by the fact that Lloyd was actually a killer? But she knew that it was Jackie made him do it. No, I mean, but she also knew that Lloyd killed Jackie. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, these are two people who see like a like a double impalement in a hotel room or in the motel room, and they just act like uh, someone spilled cereal on the bed or something. Mm. I know. <laughs> and then, like, he says, I'm going to call the cops. She's like, oh, there's no point. <laughs> well, she's psychic. She well, knows that she, knows she was believe. right. They both they both didn't do dick at the end to help. So yeah. she was kind of right. I mean, she, I guess, yeah, she had the psychic forethought to know that the cops would serve no purpose. So uh, what about some backgrounds, Nathan? What do you have for us? OK, so uh, the Newly Deads was released by City Lights. Um, and that was a production company that was founded by the director, Joseph Mary, who directed the Newly Deads, also owned City Lot. So he distributed his own movie. He also, before he worked as a director, uh, he owned several pizzerias in the Las Vegas area, which was cool. I like pizza. Um, Jerry Marble, who played Detective Number One, also played DA in Hollow Gate, which is another movie that I love. Oh, is that the one with the glittery wig as the central plot point yeah that's why they end up there um john henry richardson who was um the chris's husband why why do i suddenly forget his name ron todd yeah okay ron 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 do ron ron 
Um, he was also in one of my favorite films, Hollywood Chainsaw Hookers. He played the private eye, the main character who was infiltrating the chainsaw hooker cult. So that might make an appearance as well, um, you know, soon on the, on the show. Gene Levine, who played Chris, um, gave up acting and became a casting director for eight films from 1991 to 1995. And that was the last that we heard from her. So anyway, that's the background that I have. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Well done. Thank you. I really did research on it and that's all I could find. You forgot to mention that John Henry Richardson's also in a film called Starfish, which I think was a prequel to Ooh, My Wrinkled Starfish. Oh, dear. It Maybe it wasn't. Well, what do you have for us, Eric? Have you got anything else? Everything Nathan said and everything that you're about to say, I've already written down, so there's no point in me saying it. Well, Joseph, what have you got for us? I have nothing. As Whitney Houston once said. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now she literally has nothing. Mm-hmm. Too soon? It's all very philosophical, isn't it, today? Today's show, yeah. surprisingly. It, it's probably the newly dads. Yes, probably. Do you have background? I have a bit, yes. It's Scott Kraske. I don't know if it's Kraske or Kraske, uh, who plays Jackie, um, was uh, was in a number of movies playing, uh, kind of doing female impersonation. Uh, and he appeared in the background, or a, I think probably a nightclub scene in The Birdcage in 1996. And he still appears on stage under the drag alter ego Dolly Levi. So uh, so I thought that was interesting. You mentioned about Doug Jones, it being his first uh, movie. Uh, Roxana Michaels, um, who played uh, the unfeasibly glamorous young bride of Lloyd, uh, she was in Angel 3, the final chapter, the same year, and also went on to caged, be in Caged Fury. There was a lot of, quite a few um, uh, sort of ladies of in bikinis, and I think a lot of them, when I was looking, looking this up, a lot of them, including, uh, I think, Roxana um, uh, Michaels were in kind of Playboy penthouse type videos, so obviously hired for their looks, um, uh, arguably. And uh, you mentioned about um, uh, uh, Michelle Mania, which I think is a fantastic name, isn't it? Who's played Sabina? Who uh, I think uh, we mentioned Hollowgate, and she was in that film as well, which uh, the director also produced. Um, also, you mentioned the the punk rock fiance uh, Roger uh, Ron Preston. Ron Preston. Uh, he was also in a blink and you'll miss it role in Ten to Midnight in 1983, the the Charles Bronson slasher. Uh, now, one thing I did make me laugh. You mentioned about obviously the uh, the um, uh, the director Joseph Meary, who was Syrian born, <clears throat> and he made his money on the the chain of pizzerias. Uh, he um, uh, he kind of, uh, sort of well I don't know he kind of obviously they made the the, the production company uh, City Lights um, to do kind of uh, made for video made for video movies which obviously they they sort of churned out quite a few of them uh, this was I think this and Epitaph were the only two kind of real slasher movies out of them unless I'm very much mistaken. But like often when you're trying to find information about films like New Dead, which weren't made for cinema, uh, there's very little in the way of reviews. But I did find. Are you sure it wasn't made for the cinema? I don't think so. No, (laughs) but I did find one suspiciously positive review 
in the Jordan Valley Sentinel from December the 17th of 1987. And a critic called Mark Cartwright, um, just a couple of quotes from him. He says, and just see if this kind of matches up with your uh, the, the film you saw. He says, make no mistake, this is not the usual run-of-the-mill slice and dice chop and slash film. Newly Dead's an extremely stylish film of horror and terror, and Miri's best directorial effort to date, which is really saying something. It sounds like he got a free pizza just to say that from yeah, Miri. Possibly. Is his but, name yeah, possibly an anagram of Nathan Johnson? I don't know. But also, that hasn't quite finished, because there's a little bit he says, talking about including the, the cowpat uh, makeup, he says the, um, uh, the special makeup uh, effects can't be beat. And he ends by saying, the newly deads will scare the hell out of you. Hmm. So, yeah. So I think someone must have been paid in pizza. Yes. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that's all the background I have on the newly deads. Or maybe deads. they got to have a nice little shower with the lead actor, maybe. Oh, possibly. Who knows? Who gets away with everything, by the way. Mm. Yeah. He does. He gets away with all of it. And he's like the most despicable character in the film. Well, I don't know. When the police come along and see Chris there with the crucifix knife in her stomach, you know, you know, spread out on the wall or wherever it is, will they not start asking some questions? Well, yeah. I doubt also, it. <laughs> he's also got like a whole resort full of dead honeymooners. Yeah. So his, if they had TripAdvisor back then, it wouldn't be a very good review, I wouldn't think. Yeah, it's not exactly going to... Um, get away with saying, "Oh, it was Miss Vanjie's come back from the dead to kill them all," but now she's disappeared. <laughs> so they get a they get a seriously like bad ghoulish transvestite problem, but they keep the towels well stocked. Mm-hmm. Two and a half stars. Hey, they also give fruit baskets to the guests and wine. Fruit is good for you, and it keeps you regular. <laughs> well, there you go. Yes, I mean, maybe that's where the cowpats makeup came from. Um, <laughs> so. Uh, yeah. So, um, Joseph, what what was the uh, you know the response on the Facebook group to the newly deads? Uh, Eleven comments overall, and our friend Joshua Gratton says, "Oh wow, I really enjoyed this." Thematic problems aside, four of the kills are great and much better than Joseph Mary's other slasher, Epitaph. And Lou Toad writes, this definitely seems like a Nathan pick. Hated it on first watch, but something compelled me to watch again. It possesses a kind of hypnotic ineptitude, like a quasi-boarding house. Not great, but an interesting, if slight, movie. Thank you, Joshua and Lou. And you can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Listen on Apple, Spotify, YouTube, and about a billion other podcatchers, both good and bad. We're also on Patreon, and you most likely most likely will have heard our Friday the 13th fan commentary by the time this episode airs. We really appreciate the support, as always, and we have some excellent commentaries lined up. Yeah, we're just getting started. Um, our email address for feedback and Nigerian print scams is the hysteria continues at gmail.com. Mm, have you had some interesting emails to that one then? Oh, yeah. I mean, we, we get those kind of spam, like, you know, make your dick 50 inches long in two weeks or your money back kind of spam emails all the time. Is that because Eric keeps on signing up to things? I think they are from Eric, actually. You you got the echoey whore. That means you're being really bold. Mm. (laughs) Well, let's find out if you'll disgrace yourself even more, Eric, with uh, this. It's my joke of the week. It's so, so fantastic. So, much like um, Spanish horror films, this was released in a clothed and unclothed version. The unclothed version was called The Nudie Deads. Oh. 
Oh, oh God. Ooh. Oh, the humanity. What happened, Eric? Last week you were on fire. That's right up, whore! <laughs> I have to listen back to your joke last week because I did I did listen to the episode as I fell as um, I was going to sleep. So I fell asleep after about two minutes. Um, no, I did listen That's to insulting insult to all me. three of us and to Leo Dean. No, I did listen to about half of it and then I, I missed the last half. So I need to re-listen to it all. So no, well, I think you don't have to worry about it. There's you're not missing anything. Am I not? Why not? I'm just, you know, I mean, I'm just trying to save you time. <laughs> well, that's the kind of thing you're saying about people listening to our podcast, Nathan. Well, I mean, I'm talking about you personally. Ah. You know, like, you just, you don't want to hear the second half. Uh, why? Why? What's, yeah, what's, I'm trying to wonder yeah. why as well. Hmm. What have you said about me, Nathan? I didn't say anything about you. It's that Joseph and Eric gave me a difficult time. Well, that was the Fango episode, yeah. actually. Oh, the Fang. Okay. All right. Well, then don't listen to the Fango episode, Justin. You can listen to the last half of um, the show, though. That's okay now. No, well, now I have to listen back. So, uh, and uh, that's a, if that's not an incentive to sign up to our Patreon, I don't know what is. So, I think this this could clock in, Nathan. I hope you're proud. This could clock in as the shortest episode we've ever done. Nope. What is no. the shortest episode? Strip to kill. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah. Was it? Yeah. Yep, again, lack of recently seen. Only Leo had um, recently seen on that episode, so we were fairly quick getting to the nut to the meat and potatoes of the podcast. Okay. Sorry, well, the tofu um, and potatoes. Sorry. <laughs> well, I've got a feeling um, next time it will be quite a long one because um, we are going to be covering uh, one of the, well, not the big hitters, but certainly um, a film which could be argued as a kind of a, a, kind of a different uh, caliber than The Newly Dead um, is the, uh, the original When a Stranger Calls from 1979. So uh, that's going to be an interesting one to talk about in the context of one of the first out of the gates after John Carpenter's Halloween, uh, one of the biggest box office slasher box office hits of 1979 through to 1980. So, so I think that's going to be an interesting one to talk. And I know it's had quite a lot of feedback already on the Facebook group. So uh, yeah, so from the uh, ridiculous to the sublime, arguably. Uh, I see. I'm trying to talk to kind of make us up to 50 minutes. But anyway, what are we? <laughs> yes. What are we playing out with, uh, Nathan? Yes, Nathan. What are we playing out with? Are you going to play out with a song, or maybe a ditty, or maybe a tune? Sorry, I'm just trying to bump up the running time as well. <laughs> um, I gave it a lot of thought. I went through many, many, many uh, schools of thought, and then I did a lot of thinking. What did you do after that? I thought. Okay. Um, we're going to play out with I Only Want to Be With You by Dusty Springfield. Oh, cool. what a good choice. Because Chris looks like Dusty Springfield in the 80s. Yeah. And Jackie wants to be with Lloyd. I don't know why, but apparently Not Jackie spooky? wants to be with Lloyd. No, no, no. The movie plays spooky enough. One thing I did want to ask about the Newly Deads, and maybe you could answer me this. Have you seen the poster for it, the video poster? Yes. Why is there an alien grey in the background? Well, see, I have a theory. My theory is that Jackie is in tune with the aliens after her death, and they support her on her quest. <laughs> yeah, of okay. course. It's obvious when you think about it, Justin. I mean, I don't know how much clearer the movie can possibly be. Yeah, there are is aliens in the background. There's also a very nice-looking wedding cake. Mm-mm. Mm. I could yeah, eat I did, that in one I sitting. One... <laughs> 
I did wonder if originally aliens were meant to be involved in it and then they somehow it got a rewrite. I don't know, but it seemed it seemed very strange. You've got this alien grey in the poster. But um but I can guess it's possibly more appetizing or making people more people watch it than a cow pat, do you think? I don't know. I don't know. I'd 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 go rent something with a cow pat on the front. No problem. I think you have rented things with cow pats on the front, Eric. <laughs> Are you talking about scat videos, Eric? No. Bringing the tone down, Eric. You're bringing the That's tone like down. Scat like freeform jazz. It is. See, so so that's the videos Justin's talking about. I'm sure of it. Yes. Well, why don't you type? Thank you for listening to the episode, (laughs) Nathan. Why don't you type "scat" and "cowpat" into uh, Google search image search with the image um, the mature setting off? Yes. (laughs) I don't know if I should do that. No, probably not. Maybe the image. Well, I don't know. Well, anyway, uh, we don't want to warp uh, Nathan's innocent young mind anymore. So, so we're going to play out with Dusty Springfield, uh, and uh, yeah, we'll catch you next time on Hysteria Continues. So, uh, thank you for listening. This is a very short episode. We'll be back later with a long one. So, there's a promise. We hopefully we can keep. So, uh, yeah, say goodbye to the good people. Bye, good people. Goodbye. Bon voyage, good people. Bye.